The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only and not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk about cayenne. Wait, are, like, are you talking about the pepper or like an herb or what, what part of cayenne are we talking about? Yes. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You know, it's a leap year. What are your thoughts on Is leap it? year? My thoughts on leap year. My thoughts are that it tells me that we haven't figured out the calendar yet. Yeah. Fair. We should probably get on that. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Patty Devers. How are you doing today? I'm good. And I sort of knew you'd have some sort of cantankerous take on leap year. Some grumpiness? Yeah. Early onset. Well, no, it's, I think it's observational. I'm just pointing out where there are flaws okay. and where we can improve. And if we have a calendar <laughs> that only works three years out of four, then it doesn't really work that well, mm, does it? Yeah, it's, it's an excellent point. I'm not going to argue it. All right. Well, just slide that 0.25 days in somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but there are people smarter than me on this. Anyway, this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you to Genova. Thank you. And it's where we talk about a bunch of different stuff, uh, mostly around functional medicine, integrative medicine, and specialty lab testing, therapeutics of the natural variety, and mm-hmm. uh, other stuff. Yeah. If you're new to this show, welcome. We're glad you showed up. And if you're returning, thank you so much for all of your support over the years. And hopefully you would have gone to iTunes or Spotify, perhaps follow the show, rate, review, stars, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are good stuffs to do. You mm-hmm. can also do stuffs like sending us emails if you have feedback. If you've got questions, questions for the docs, you know, yeah. put it on the question of the day. Um, you can send that to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. Love the emails. Um, furthermore, if you are a consumer out there interested in trying Genova's products for yourself, you can head over to Genova Connect. That's connect.gdx.net. There you can access products yourself. Try them out. We drop ship them right to your front door. Send them back. Just mm-hmm. check in with yourself. And we also have a promo code for these people who want to try these tests out. That's right. We have a post-President's Day sale, uh, and it is a 20% off gift to you. All you have to do is use the promo code the Lab Report 20 mm-hmm. and you will get 20% off. This isn't going to last forever people 20 percent is a lot it is a lot that's like one fifth no seriously it's like there are like hundreds people can get hundreds of dollars off just that's using right. that promo code we can't we can't do this forever right we have to keep the lights on in here <laughs> yes. there's only one in the corner granted it's only an eight by eight square foot room sure but sure actually i think it's smaller than eight by eight it now might, that i'm it looking might at be. it we should, we should probably measure it but what does it matter but today we're going to talk about cayenne and it's funny because when we were coming up with the topic, you immediately went to Cayenne. I did. You're a naturopath, and I am not. And so I'm really excited to figure out that. why, in fact, you just immediately went, boom, Cayenne. Yeah, so Cayenne has always sort of stood out to me as being a little bit of a wonder herb that no one talks about. Um, and I don't, I don't want... Somebody talks about it, but it's not one that we think of. You know, like if you are going to say the, the health food store and you're going to go to the herbal section, you're going to know about echinacea probably. You might know about elderberry and like sambucus and stuff like this. You might know about turmeric. Like there's a lot of these things that have 
are kind of flashy. Mm -hmm. You know, people know about some of these herbs. But cayenne is something that everyone has in their kitchen cabinet. It has so many different medicinal actions. um, And we really only think about it when we were making... Chili or something. Yeah, like hot, 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 spicy puns. Yeah. Right? Well, this is going to be fun then because we're going to dive into it because every time we talk about herbs, like I said, I'm at a disadvantage, but I am voracious and wanting to learn all about herbs. So I love these episodes. I can probably contribute something because I went through the literature and pulled a couple studies and some other color. But where do you want to start with this episode on cayenne, Michael Chapman? I think I always like to start kind of about the plant in general um, before we start talking about it medicinally. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really love this kind of ethnobotany that comes from that's about learning how a plant got you know how it was used in a native culture like why did we Mm -hmm. start to use this plant when you think about it (laughs) these all just came from the ground somebody had to discover what it does what it tastes like does it kill you or not and trial and error picking things up and eating (laughs) it i think it's normally that was the deal with the shamans right it's like that's the shaman's (laughs) like okay here's all your your uh nice hallucinogenics now go figure (laughs) out how not to kill us with these plants (laughs) it's crapshoot but no, like cayenne, it's one of those that makes perfect sense because it is so antimicrobial. And we talked about this um, with Dr. Bill Rawls, where almost every single botanical medicine is in some regard antimicrobial. But a lot of these ones that we use as spices were particularly antimicrobial for the GI tract. They help to sterilize our food. And so this, especially you'll find heavy uses of cayenne in cultures uh, that had a lot more that maybe they lived in a climate that was more prone to parasitic infection, worm infection, um, or other types of bacterial infections for the GI tract. And so you think about the different cultures that really have a lot of spicy foods, um, meaning they use a lot of cayenne or some other form of pepper. It was because it helped to prevent infection. Well, that makes sense because I went looking up the etymology of the word. Etymology is the study of bugs, Patty. (laughs) So it comes from an old Tupi language, which is now dead, and it's from Brazil. And there's actually a town down in French Guyana in South America Uh that's named Cayenne, and there's also a Cayenne River. So that goes right along with what you were saying, really hot regions where you might be concerned about parasites or other kind of, you know, weird microbial diseases. And the plant was named after the town in the area and not vice versa? Opposite. Oh, yeah. They named it after Cayenne. Yeah. Because of how awesome it is. <laughs> right? Probably. Why would you not name a town Cayenne? Probably. I'm name my next son the Cayenne. That's a great name, actually. Um, so a few interesting things about the botany of Cayenne is that w- when we started looking into this, I was like, okay, well, because you were like, well, is it Cayenne? Like, what what kind of pepper is Cayenne? Is this mm-hmm. cap- capsaicin? Is that the... N-? I was like, well, capsicum is the genus, um, and... Cayenne falls under capsicum annuum. That's the mm-hmm. Latin name. Right. Um, and the thing to know is like that's all peppers. Right? Right. 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 We think of, you know, we think of a bell pepper as being somehow different from a jalapeno pepper. We think a jalapeno pepper being different from a, you know, ghost whatever pepper. But they're all the same. They're all the same plant. All that stuff is comes from strains, you know, hybridization and the cultivation, how they're mm-hmm. watered, what kind of climate they grow in. They're all the same actual plant. And so that's I think one of those things where it's like, look how versatile not only can the culinary impact of this pepper be, um, but just 
how diverse one plant can be. Like a bell pepper is not hot at all. You mm -hmm. use it, it's it's food, it's got tons of vitamin C, it's got all these great minerals in it. Um, but then you change its con conditions and all of a sudden it's a chili pepper. Well, I, I will say it is, the genus is capsicum. It's capsicum annuum, but the family above it is actually Solanaceae, which is the mm, nightshade. Yeah, so nightshade. it's important to remember that um, cayenne is part of the nightshade family. Yeah, certainly. And a lot of people have some degree of sensitivity to nightshades. Uh, that's, that's very, very common. Uh, they're high in histamine. Um, so, you know, that's something to know if you're staying away from eggplants and tomatoes. Hot sauce might mm -hmm. have to go from your bag, which is that's why right. I will never adhere to that diet. <laughs> All right, well, let's call a spade a spade or call a cayenne pepper a cayenne pepper because what everyone knows about cayenne pepper is that it's hot, yeah. right? And that the substance that makes it hot is capsaicin, right? So when you eat it, your mouth starts to burn or you put it on your skin, it feels hot, but really it's not increasing the temperature of your mouth or your skin. Mm -hmm. It's actually tricking your body. It, your, your nerve endings have something called substance P, which causes pain. And so when you put capsaicin on things like in your mouth, it completely drains all the nerve endings of this substance P until they're depleted. So although it hurts a little bit initially, it then stops hurting. So that's kind of what capsaicin is known for, mm -hmm. just the heat. Yeah, it, it tricks your body, like you said, it acts on receptors that think that there's some sort of damage occurring, but it just happens to have a chemical structure that that, mm -hmm. that looks as if there's some sort of injury or insult happening. And so um, that's why you can also develop tolerance. Yep. You know, it, that's you can downregulate. You can become like basically the same as insulin resistant to mm -hmm. cayenne. Yeah. Right. Your yeah. your regulation gets down. Your receptors get down regulated and you start to have more and more tolerance for spicier and spicier foods. So, you know, if you are one of those people who doesn't like spicy, there's still hope for you. OK, so I think that's enough on talking about just broad umbrella thoughts and topics around cayenne because we have a, a good idea. But like we're talking about it as a medicine today. So why on earth would we ever consider cayenne with respect to some form of medicinal properties other than just making your food spicier? I'll tell you, I went looking in PubMed, shocked. I'm shocked at how much literature there is on cayenne. Yeah. And a lot of it more recently, like in the 2020s, is around metabolic syndrome, which is a pretty hot topic. We know metabolism is big. <laughs> well, cayenne is used as an appetite suppressant. It's also responsible for some thermogenic browning of fat. Yeah. It can spike your insulin and lower your blood sugar. It's also a GLP-1 agonist, people. Like, think Ozempic or Wagovi, the big things that are happening now. It actually has a very similar type of effect. Just clarify that real quick. Just So for people who don't un, don't know the GLP-1 sort of story that's going on right now, t talk, can, talk a little bit more about that part. Okay. GLP-1, glucagon-like peptide 1, is a hormone that's released in your GI tract as you start to eat mm -hmm, that makes its mm -hmm. way to your brain that's to tell the brain, I'm not hungry, I'm full, I'm becoming full. So there's a lot of medications out there that are mimicking that same effect. They're called GLP-1 agonists hitting that same pathway to kind of trick you to think you're not hungry anymore. And so there are some medications out there that people are using um, to great effect to lose weight and those are things like ozempic and such but cayenne has very similar effects in addition to all of those amazing ways that it can affect metabolic syndrome it's also a glp1 agonist yeah it's fascinating uh, i actually have a paper here from 2005 demonstrating the same thing as saying it increases satiety i think this is before the whole glp1 mm -hmm. exploration um right. but we've known that uh for some time about about uh, cayenne 
All right, well, let's talk about a different effect of cayenne. Earlier, you said most of these herbs have some type of antimicrobial effects. Mm-hmm. But when I think about cayenne, I think about GI distress because, you know, it hurts your stomach. It can irritate the lining of your gut. Some people get diarrhea. Is there any beneficial effects to the gut using cayenne? So <clears throat> this is fascinating. Um one of its main uses has actually always been GI ailments. What the heck is that? <laughs> I think you did not clear the track. That was from last oh, week when oh. you were searching for Dr. Ben. Yeah, Pickman. I keep doing that, don't I? <laughs> anyway, so going back, GI ailments, in particular, atonic GI conditions. What does um, that mean, atonic? Meaning that there's not a mu- not enough motion going on in okay. the GI tract. So. Okay. There's a group of herbs that are called carminatives, mm-hmm. um, and these herbs generally help with the smooth muscle contraction relaxation movements within the GI tract. I don't think cayenne is, quote-unquote, like your standard carminative of an herb, mm-hmm. but it certainly has been used in, in treating uh, dyspepsia. Is one of its main, main uses. Um, but beyond that, it's actually even been used to treat things like peptic ulcer. That's um, interesting. No, that's see, counterintuitive. It's, it's totally counterintuitive. And so, I don't understand. Right. And so um, it's believed that's because cayenne stimulates blood flow to the stomach, um, which increases prostaglandins and bicarbonate levels at the surface of the stomach. Hmm. So um, with respect to the concern around erosion right, right from right. the cayenne, one study showed that jalapeno peppers in a meal cause stomach erosion in a person, but direct application of 30 grams of peppers did not cause any harm. What? Yeah, and actually if they've used chili powder, um, this doesn't seem to affect any sort of healing of ulcers either. Um, hmm. And instead, it might be that action around the prostaglandins and changing the bicarb level wow. that helps assist in healing. So it goes back to what you're saying is like you're not actually burning anything mm-hmm. right what's probably happening and people are reacting poorly from a you know diarrhea or pain perspective there's obviously the pain receptors the substance right, p right but it does stimulate blood flow and it might stimulate so much that it causes people to start having looser stools right because it tends to be a motility agent wow now if i go to one of my other monographs more from the old school materia medica that's what, always fun too, what he's but, talking about is a naturopathic herbal bibles that michael has saved because you're using words that most people don't know true let me clarify though not necessarily naturopathic right the old materia medicas were actually more from pharmaceutical derivatives because as you remember pharmaceuticals back in the day Uh, were plant plant. substances so Mm -hmm. the materia medica was actually the original place where you would find all sorts of remedies. So Michael has all these monographs in his Materia Medica. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So I just like it because it gives you it gives you a good sense and it has some flowery language in it too. So it says capsicum was used to directly arouse the stomach, being indicated in cases of indigestion connected with torpor, sluggishness, and loss of sensibility, where it was generally combined with relaxative tonics. In atonic dyspepsia and catarrhal gastritis, it stimulates the nerves of the stomach. Pro- promotes the secretion of digestive juices and assists peristaltic motion. So you get that sense of it helps really just kind of support, bring all the required elements to the GI tract, Mm -hmm. probably best for people who suffer from slow motility, poor peristalsis, constipation, dryness, all these types of things. So that's something in here about piles, which is, (laughs) it's always a good day when you can bring up piles. Um, So 
Now, I think the next thing that we commonly will see researched around cayenne is uh, with respect to, you mentioned metabolic disorder, metabolic syndrome, things like that, but what about cardiovascular disease? Well, it does sort of go hand in hand with metabolic syndrome, right? You think of cardiovascular disease also having a metabolic component. So again, you were right. This is like a wonder herb. The more you go looking, there's a ridiculous amount of literature showing how beneficial cayenne is. You know, we talked just a little bit ago about how the thermogenic browning of fat and appetite and insulin and lowering blood sugar, but it's also an anticoagulant, yeah, right? And it also has been shown to really beneficially improve lipid profiles and blood pressure. And if you put that together with the fact that, you know, it's also treating the metabolic pieces of cardiovascular disease, you see why this becomes a truly wonder herb, Michael, because the more I went looking for literature, it's, it's everywhere. So metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, GI health, where else you want to go with this one? Yeah, well, the next place I was going to go is kind of, again, counterintuitive because you were just mentioning that it's uh, a hypotensive. It stimulates ENOS, right? Mm-hmm. Endothelial mm-hmm. nitric oxide, which dilates blood vessels. Right. So it's going to lower your blood pressure. Um, but what it also has been used for is headaches, Right? What? Which doesn't make any sense because if you're vasodilating, that's how you get headaches. But it's actually been studied in various forms of headaches, cluster headaches, migraine headaches. Um, And there's a couple theories on what might be driving that. They're thinking that the modulation of pain transmission by the trigeminal nerve Mm -hmm. might be impacted by cayenne. But now... This is the crazy thing. This is where it gets a little, little wacky Wait, and naturopathic. Talk- is this topical? Are you talking topical? These studies are intranasal application of cayenne. What? Seriously, you're putting hot cayenne pepper up your I'm nose. I'm not doing that. Towards your brain. Nor, Who is doing that? No, Researchers are doing that. Oh, my gosh. Now, I will say, okay. we are not recommending in any capacity <laughs> that anyone listening to this Correct. do this. Right. However... Um, it has been shown that, and, and <laughs> this is what it's saying here, is that while initial application causes pain, burning, and lacrimation, right. meaning watery eyes, this passes after a few minutes and is associated with reduced headache pain, presumably via modulating pain transmission by the trigeminal nerve, like I just said. Um, and so there's double-blind trials confirming that intranasal capsaicin was effective compared to placebo uh, for stopping an acute migraine without aura. Whoa. And another thing that's similar to that, but counterintuitive as well, is it's been used quite a bit in uh, t- pain syndromes, mm-hmm. used topically. Right. Right. And right. so, again, you would think, yes, would this burn? It does actually feel like it's burning because cayenne, when you apply it topically, it acts on the same receptors, just like we were talking about before. Um you know, it tastes or feels like burning. It's not actually burning. But what it does is it triggers the release of substance P, like you were talking about, which over time reduces the level of substance P in the area and therefore reduces the pain associated with that area. And so um, there's lots of different pain syndromes that have been studied, things like Guillain-Barre, um, post-mastectomy pain syndrome, osteoarthritis, hypersensitivity of the urinary tract pain syndromes. Um, so... It's just fascinating how that's different ways that it's used. I just want to kind of take us down a little rabbit hole. Sure. Because I went down a rabbit hole when we were researching for this episode as it relates to the heat. And we keep saying that there's heat, right? It feels like there's heat, but it's not really the temperature didn't go up. Sure. It's got this heat to it. And so when we think about jalapeno or we think about cayenne peppers, we always think about heat. And when you watch any of these television shows or you go to any of these websites, they always measure the heat in something called Scoville units. Right. You've heard of that, yes. right? Watched so, hot ones before. Uh-huh, maybe a hundred million times. And then you think about, okay, well, how hot 
is cayenne pepper and it says it's 30 to 50,000 Scoville units. And so then I go down the rabbit hole. Who's Scoville? What are these units about? Right, right. What are this, what's this all about? So I went there. I went down the rabbit hole. You want to hear anything about Scoville? I want to hear everything about Scoville. Because as you know, I love spicy food. So this is all right up my alley. Well, Wilbur Scoville was his name. He was a pharmacist and a chemist from the 1800s. And, you know, he worked. He was a chemist. He worked for a pharmaceutical company back at the time when pharmacies were marketing strange things like Bayer. Bayer aspirin. You know, yeah. Bayer's big yeah. product at the time was a heroin cough syrup. Merck was producing refined cocaine, Mm -hmm. but Scoville worked for Park Davis, and they had him working on a muscle salve, which is exactly what you're just talking about. And so he went down the rabbit hole to say, the heat seems to help. How do I standardize the amount of chilies needed without burning someone's skin? (laughs) Right. 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 Which makes The original Icy Hot. (laughs) Yeah, he was in charge of saying, how many chilies can I put in this salve before I harm someone's skin? Uh Right? Uh Uh-huh. So what he does, he puts together a panel of tasters. <laughs> <laughs> so he did. He he created what they call organoleptic testing, which means you're testing based on physical sensations, yeah, right? Yeah. So he puts together these people, and then you know he's giving them various levels of peppers and trying to see, you know, how can I standardize this? So that's where this comes from. So in my mind. It made me stop and say, okay, this is so incredibly subjective, mm-hmm. right? It's like how someone tastes heat versus someone else. Like the heat receptors of your palate can vary person to person. And then to your point, you said this earlier, Michael, your palate desensitizes after a few tastings in a short period of time. So it's like, can we trust the Scoville units? You know what I mean? And it's exponential too, right? Yeah. It's, it's not linear. It's not a linear right. unit system. No. So when you go from like... 1,000 to 2,000, that's not a direct like uh-huh. doubling. It's it's actually exponential. Right. So again, super subjective, but still used to this day. You've created over 100, maybe 150 years ago. But since the 1980s, they've actually been starting to measure the levels of capsaicin with HPLC, liquid chromatography. But that's not how the Scoville charts determine. Mm, that's right. Still. So, still. well, this makes me wonder. Go. Is there corruption in the Scoville uh, <laughs> unit application, right? Because Could we've got be. these ghost peppers and stuff like that. Like, how's, who's to say that that one's the hottest or the right. Carolina Reaper is the hottest? Like, what if we somebody just paid off the, the tasters <laughs> and was like, hey, this is now the hottest. Sure. I want the hottest. Sure. But I will also say, interestingly about Scoville, just the final thing to say about him, he was one of the first people to suggest that Drinking milk is a good antidote for the heat of chilies because, you know, fat soluble. Yeah, right. Most people kind of know this by now, but actually the substance B, the, those molecules, they are in the, the fat part of the oil of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to like onions and things like that, where it's actually oils that are making your, your eye cry. Um, so the milk also having a lot of fat helps to kind of emulsify and counteract the oils from the uh, the plant that are spicy whereas if you drink water it just kind of spreads the heat around in your mouth Mm -hmm. okay all right patty well i think it's time to do the thing we do on these which is (laughs) what's in a name what's in a name love it what's in a name love it love it what's in a name it's in a name what okay okay love it thank john for what's in a name golden seal hard hay Palo Amarillo. This is my favorite because you think it's just cayenne, but much like all of the herbs, 
in herbal medicine. It's got 65 random names that may or may not have anything to do with it. So let's go. This is where it starts to make sense because okay. you'll find that you actually recognize most of these names. Um, and it's all the same plant. Now it's, it doesn't seem so weird why why any other plant might have 10 different names because of the different places that they're coming from, the different things naming them. But let's just start real broadly. Um, capsicum. Capsicum. Love it. What's in a name? Capsicum. Uh, is derived, it's thought to be derived from either Latin or Greek. Uh, the Latin form would be capsula. The Latin form would be capsula. Love it. Love it. Which would refer to the shape of the fruit because capsula means box. Box. Um, or maybe perhaps the Greek from capto, uh, which means bite, referring to its pungency. So the historical association with the pepper meaning plants uh, of the genus piper. Piper is black pepper. Okay. 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 That was the result of Columbus believing he had arrived in India, when in fact he was in the Americas. Aji is derived from the Incan word for the plant, and Chile is derived from its Aztec name. So you can see where all these different regions have a little bit of their own influence, and that being that's that's how we get so many different names. But like I was saying, Patty, why don't you read off some of the names because you might well, recognize some of these. Well, you said Aji, 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 Aji. And then you also said jalapeno. There's pimento, Anaheim, Anaheim. What does that have to do with anything? Anaheim, California. That's just where it's named. <laughs> Seriously. And you then, know what the Anaheim pepper is, though, right? That's that's the big, longer, kind of fatter. It's like a cross between a jalapeno and a green bell pepper. Okay. Um, it's not very. It's got a little bit of a spice. <laughs> little bit of a spice spice to it but it has a flavor of a bell pepper it's really good then there's tabasco mm-hmm. now this one help me with this bird pepper what, what, bird pepper bird pepper i don't know bird pepper. what's in a name <laughs> i've never heard of that one what's in a name <laughs> i've never heard of that one but isn't that fascinating i mean think about all those we've got the bell peppers okay. bell peppers okay love it so we've got jalapeno paprika right paprika right love it We've got pimento, like pimento, like cayenne cherry pepper. It's like these are all the same darn thing. Cherry Just chili. So Aji, versatile. Anaheim, Tabasco, pepper. What's in a name? Okay, Patty, we've been talking about how awesome cayenne is. Mm-hmm. What about some contraindications? When would you not want to use it? Well, there's a couple things that came to mind immediately because we were talking about all the cardiometabolic effects, mm-hmm. right? So if you take cardio cardiac meds or if you're on a blood thinner, you need to be careful. It, Like we said, will spike insulin and drop your sugar. So if you're diabetic and you take various diabetic medications, you should be careful. But at the top of this whole episode, we talked about it being a nightshade. Right? So if you have allergies to nightshades or cross reactivities to foods that are nightshades, you should avoid. Yeah. I would throw in their uh, reflux, GERD, um, okay. because these types of things can loosen the lower esophageal sphincter, mm-hmm. uh, meaning. Meaning like you have this door, basically, between your esophagus and your stomach. And so after you eat food, you want that door to be closed. Because if it's not, then some of that food stomach, food contents can reflux back up into your esophagus. The spicy foods, even things like coffee and black pepper, can keep that lower esophageal sphincter open, which is not, that's going to make GERD worse. Another thing I'd throw in there is any sort of erosive anything. So erosive esophagitis, any sort of skin erosion, um, right? So you don't, anything where there's like a, a membrane, a mucous membrane sort of exposed in that type of way is definitely contraindicated. Okay, it's clear. 
Wonder Herb, you were right. You were right. This was a really fun one to research. And like I said, I was shocked by how much literature there is out there. So thanks for this one, Michael. It was a great idea. You're welcome. I mean, I just love hearing you say that I was right. <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk to Dr. Lydia Thurton. We're going to talk about the supplement company and her take on health. She's awesome. She's a naturopath. Do she you think, is? you think she's snorted cayenne before? Probably not. We all have. <laughs> You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So back when we were interviewing Dr. Rawls, you, mm-hmm. you asked him... If you're on a desert island, what's the one herb you would take? So I would ask you that same question. Not necessarily for survival purposes. It's mm. the whole concept of, like, basically, what's your end-all, be-all favorite herb? Desert island herb? Yeah. I would probably go with... This is tough. Mm-hmm. Because it's most likely I'm making tea out of it. Okay. I'd probably go with ginger. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it tastes delicious. It tastes delicious. It's good for nausea. Yeah. It's antimicrobial. It's hmm. good for GI upset. Um, any type of, you know, it's a carminative like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'll throw down for ginger. Well, the more I learn about herbs, I'm going to get so smart. You're going to be asking me, Patty, what's your favorite herb? And I'm going to have one at the ready. What's your favorite herb, Patty? Not yet. Okay. Not ready. All right.